This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one. With Nicole Clagan, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday evening to you. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett with Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Nicole, how are you? You know, I'm good, but I'm feeling a little guilty this evening. Uh-oh, why are you feeling guilty? Well, I'm getting notes from my daughter's kindergarten teacher that she's talking too much. No, I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> no, come on. It's got to be another kid, I think. You know, she's just... it can't be my daughter, right? No, not she, at all. She's sitting on the circle time mat. She can't stop talking. In rest time, she can't stop talking. So how are you going to fix this? Well, but the, the big question is in gym, she can't stop talking. I didn't know you needed to be silent in gym. <laughs> so, uh, that, that is an odd one. You would think well, that would know, kind of be overlooked. I, I put her in timeout, but she about melted into the floor because oh, was, she was so devastated. And I thought, oh, I don't know if I should be disciplining her at home for getting in trouble at school. So. We just need to give her her own show, I think. You know, I think, could we have like a DJ in training? Or I think so. Like that? Bring know, her on. Michael did well that one time so maybe, he did maybe julie needs a moment in the he spotlight a family tradition <laughs> <laughs> well nicole we uh we need to talk about living arrangements because again this is a uh, still i think an area of some confusion and it's it's oftentimes a world that uh you're kind of thrusted into well i was gonna say we only just met so oh well <laughs> that's i'm that I'm, I'm that kind of guy you know i'm, I'm very forward no, no, no. I'm talking about the senior community, I got you. I'm just giving you a hard time this I evening. Know, I know. <laughs> I'm feeling a little punchy. So, yes, we do. Um, you know, and for those listening, oftentimes when people are thinking about living arrangements for older adults, typically the old idea of a nursing home with cement block walls and a white sterile environment comes to mind to folks. And we often don't think about until we're faced with a situation of what else might exist. And we are truly rich in resources in this area with the many different types of um, senior living arrangements that are available to us. So we have on with us today an amazing guest, somebody I've known for a number of years, and I can't believe this is the very first time we've had her on the show. Uh, Her name is Ahana Moon. And she is the community relations representative from for the Oaks at Winterker Glen, which is a uh, Pruitt a Health lifestyle community located right inside the Beltline in Raleigh. Welcome, Ahana. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. We are so happy to have you. So one of the things that... Um, kind of comes to mind is is really that there are many different types of senior living communities and we often like to demystify all the acronyms that exist out there but I think about the umbrella of care that exists and you represent with the Whitaker Glen one of those sort of hierarchies with what is known as a CCRC. Tell us what a CCRC is. Well, good evening. A CCRC is a continuing care retirement community. Okay. And it typically has a buy-in where you are renting your own independent Mm -hmm. living apartment. You typically have to be at the independent level. Okay. To to get in. To move in. Okay. And um, then you have a month-to-month rent and it's a community. So it's a lifestyle choice. Mm -hmm. It's all inclusive. So it typically includes all your meals. Sometimes it might include housekeeping services. It includes activities, transportation to and from doctor's appointments, 
um, on-site nurse care and that type of thing. So I know that the Whitaker Glen, and when I say this, it's not said in a negative way, is one of the older continuing care retirement communities in our area, correct? It is one of the first alongside of Springmore. The two started around the same time. Has a wonderful reputation. So when we think about a continuing care retirement community, we need to think about, as Hannah said, that folks move in in the independent state. But then as their needs progress, depending on what type of uh, continuing care retirement community you move into, you are presented with additional options. So sort of when people come in, they they agree. They agree that when they become more ill or more frail, they need to sort of move along that continuum, right? Yes, absolutely. So it lets you truly age in place on Mm -hmm. one campus. So once you do need more supportive care, Mm -hmm. you might move into an assisted living where you might have 24-7 care mm-hmm. and help with all your, your um, ADLs, which mm-hmm. are activities of daily living. So you're bathing, you're grooming, you're dressing, all that sort of yes. thing. Yes. Yep. And then if you move on beyond that, then you move into typically that a health center is involved or yes. what we would formally call a nursing home yes. is involved in, in that part as yes, well. Yes, a health care center um, if you need skilled services um, and also eventually if you needed memory care. It's all on one campus. So another piece about the continuing care retirement communities that I find particularly interesting is, you know, if for those of you listening, if you have are in a caregiving situation or have parents who are potentially both still alive and living together, but one has a trajectory of an illness that may show that it could be a decline over many years where the other person may be, be more independent. I like the idea of continuing care retirement communities because they truly can age in place in one campus. So whereas, you know, if, if you were still living in your home and then you had to place a loved one and then you may have to move them again to another campus, it makes it difficult for those spousal relationships to remain intact. Absolutely. And being on one campus really keeps that unity of the couple. So talk to us about, you, you said there are buy-ins, and I know there are many different types of uh, continuing care retirement communities in our area. Is this something that Medicare pays for or private insurances? How does that work? That is a great question <laughs> and one that people come into the community unsure of how it works, if your long-term care insurance can um, take an effect and that type of thing. So typically when you have a buy-in, it is um, goes into, for the Department of Insurance reasons, a mm-hmm. debenture. And that amount of money depending on which um, CCRC you are at, um, depreciates over time. And so the idea is if you ever run out of money, you don't have to leave your campus. Um, That's what that buy-in kind of saves you. Okay. And then so that's your upfront fee. And then there's typically a month-to-month service fee. Okay. And so then this is all paid for privately, I'm, yes. I'm guessing. So, yeah, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about um, really when folks are touring these CCRCs, how do they, how do you choose the right one? You know, what are some things that people should be looking for? Um, you know, what are some things to watch out for? Yeah, there are definitely some great choices in this area. Mm-hmm. We're really fortunate in that regard. Everyone's going to be a little different. Um you know, the Oaks at Whitaker Glen is inside the Beltline, considered in Old Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of the folks that live there um, picked that area because it's where they grew up. Mm-hmm. It's where their congregation is. It's where their friends are. Um, other people might choose something like uh, Cardinal, where it's more of a city kind of feel. feel. Urban-esque. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so it's really up to the person. I think it's important to look at um, the long-term care, what does the healthcare center look like? 
um, what kind of rating does it have, um, and then really making that own personal feel about which type of apartment you like and which type of community you like. So one of the things that I often, have, over the years, have heard people sort of complain about when they think about continuing care retirement communities is that most people, when they enter, you know, whether they're 85 or 90, never think they're going to need that care in that health center. And then when they're suddenly faced with, you know, having to move on to the continuum, a lot of times people push back. So I, how do you recommend people really think that through so that when they get to the point where they need to move along the continuum that they're not unhappy? Absolutely. I think having a strong nurse and having um, a really strong leadership team that can really understand that this is an emotional journey. It's not just, um, okay, well, you're sick. We need to kind of move you into a higher level of care. There really has to be some natural progression, um, some opportunities to try it and not feel like you have to be stuck there because sometimes you can get some extra services in your apartment to maybe keep you aging in your current apartment longer. So um, I think that's the best (laughs) Yeah, there's uh, different things that you need to check out before you go. And uh, if, if you're interested, uh, we've got some information about the uh, the Oaks at Whitaker Glen, and we'll have a phone number for you and a website. Stick around. We've got Ahana Muth here in the studio, and we're going to con- continue our conversation on continuing care retirement communities right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Live Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can find more about Transitions Life Care at transitionslifecare.com. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. Our guest this evening is Ahana Muth, and she is with the Oaks at Whitaker Glen, and we're talking all about continuing care retirement communities. And Nicole, I want to move into this place right now. Oh, Um, my gosh. Well, they are amazing. They truly are. It's almost like having an entire box of Crayola crayons in one box. I guess I'm still at kindergarten in my mind, but truly, (laughs) (laughs) but truly, you know, it's having everything just sort of in one box all packaged together. But there, is, there are other options out there in the community, and that is just really, truly kind of buying one crayon at a time. Yes. So, so let's talk about some of those other options. So outside of the continuing care retirement communities, there are a whole host of, holy cow, just different senior living options out there. And they are, they are all very different, and even two of the same type are usually very different. And so let's just start off with, I guess, the least restrictive level of care, which would be your independent living community. Talk to us a little bit about kind of what they look like when they're a standalone and the different types of independent livings that exist out there. Yeah, absolutely. Independent living is fantastic. Um, it allows seniors to live in a community. Um, it's really great for persons for your personality, it's great to get out and be social. It really um, extends life expectancy, which is fabulous. And besides just CCRCs, there are standalone independent living buildings, which are month to month, that don't have a buy-in. Right. So there, and with independent living, it is not um, regulated by the state, so there's no a cert- a certificate of needs. Mm-hmm. So you can, anyone can build an independent living community. Right. So with that in mind, I think it's good to look at the track history of the independent living companies 
um, that are in the area. Which is hard to do when they're not rated. Right. It's so true. a lot of that is just kind of going in and then talking to some residents and talking to some families and just really ch- trusting your gut. Yes. One of the things that I find interesting about independent living communities is how much they have evolved. And what we have found, I think, over the years is that um, we talk about this from time to time. You know, back when I got into the industry about 20 years ago, when somebody was in a nursing home, that was what right now is, you know, more of what it used to look like in assisted living. I mean, it, the, the, ever, it's really, really, truly shifted. And so your independent living is, was, was much more like what assisted living looked like 20 years ago. And your assisted living is a lot more of what nursing home looked like 20 years ago. And your nursing home is a lot more like you should have been in the hospital 20 years ago. <laughs> Absolutely. So everything is just sort of shifted over. And because of that, I think independent livings have gotten a lot more creative. So a lot of them are not just standalone apartments. Some of them still are. But a lot of them have activities, they have meals sometimes, they have housekeeping, and they even sometimes bring in support of outside services, correct? Yes, absolutely. There are all types of those um, buildings. Some of them are standalone bungalows. Some mm-hmm. of them are actually more like apartment-type living. But I think you'll find that most all of them do have those supportive services. Um, they do offer the meal preps, the activities, transportation, and so forth. What I find interesting about some of these independent livings also is, you know, thinking about people moving along the continuum. So whether you're in that whole box of crayons at a CCRC or you're kind of having to decide which crayon to move to next, um, you can kind of extend your stay at independent living with bringing in some supportive services as long as what you do makes it more safe for you to stay in that environment. So that's something tricky as well to watch out for. Yeah, that's true. And there's two two real kinds of supportive services you can bring in. First thing to note is independent living is all private pay. Mm-hmm. Um, your in- Medicare insurance doesn't pay for that. Right. Blue Cross um, doesn't pay for that. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> your long-term care insurance won't pay for that right. in most scenarios. Um, but you can bring in home health services or um, ho- home care services. Mm-hmm. So if you have home health services that is billed through Medicare, right. so that might be something with um, physical therapy, occupational therapy, now, if you have home care services, that is going to be private pay. Mm-hmm. And they might um, assist with bathing or helping with um, cooking, meal preparation. That type of thing. So next level of care once you get past your independent living is? Assisted living. Okay. <laughs> and that is licensed by the state. It is licensed by the state. So it's easier to go and look at the star ratings online mm-hmm. um, and you can see all sorts of information. Right. How they did on their last review, kind of what they needed to work on to improve. Their but I, I do like to say, though, about these star ratings is that is truly just a snapshot on a given day or two. And it's not necessarily representative of the organization as a whole. And so obviously, yes, if they find some glaring issues, that really should be something you should be concerned about. But I also think a big piece of it is taking that tour, going around, seeing how you, the residents are treated, talking about what the staff turnover rate is. Use your nose do a sniff check, taste the food, go on an off shift when all the management isn't there and really, you know, look at that. Um, Another thing that I often counsel families on when I'm talking to them about making choices about assisted living is let's not walk in there and think about what it is that we would want. You know, we're sort of in the day where people want the granite countertops and they want, you know, the crown molding and the 25 foot ceilings and all that, which is all beautiful. But how did mom live? Did mom live like that? Because putting mom in that environment may, may make her not feel like she's at home. Maybe it'll make her feel like she's in a hotel. Mm-hmm. And so what, what what did mom value? And so when you go into that, but you're looking more at the levels of quality of care and staff turnover rate and programming, 
I think that really makes you have a more informed decision. And it's great if you can find all the above, but you know, sometimes some of the older communities that don't have those budgets to do these huge renovations provide just as great care as, as the newer, shinier ones. And I think that's important to keep in mind. That is right. Another thing I think, uh, if you would agree with me, Hannah, is important to keep in mind is also the... Um, level of care that the assisted living can provide. Now, that seems kind of funny when I say that, but not all assisted livings are created equally as well. A lot of it depends on the staffing ratios and if they have an RN on staff and really what they're comfortable and what they want their niche to be. Right. And it's that's an excellent point because a lot of times when people are looking at assisted living, mm-hmm. it's coming from a place of panic and a sense of urgency because all of a sudden mom might be in the hospital and ready to discharge, but they say, it's not safe for her to go home. Well, if she's not going home, where is she going to be going? So your social worker will give you a list and you're supposed to pick. So it's really important to go and educate yourself before that. Before the like, crisis? Before we don't do crisis. that in the U.S. Though, oh, do we? No, 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 no. no. And that's a really good point about the levels of care. Some skill, um, assisted living communities take sliding scale diabetics. Some don't. Mm-hmm. So you really need to look at what your parent is going to need and do your search um, for assisted livings based on their needs. And also the best that you can, the trajectory of the illness. Again, I go back to that because you don't want to move mom into an assisted living and have her there four months and then the assisted living say, oh, too much care for me. They really don't need a nursing home, but they need a more acute level assisted living. Then that's a whole upheaval and creates a huge adjustment issue and creates issues with cognitive impairment. So really, you know, again, you may walk into a building and see some people that maybe aren't looking like mom today, but think about what mom might look like in a year or a year and a half from now and, and try not to, you know, be so worried about maybe the look of the residence either, yes. because a lot of times different diseases will phase into that and, and mom may be just fine, you know, <laughs> at first. So um, I, I definitely think that's super important because a lot of people are very upset when they make a change and transition and then they have to do it again. Absolutely. So what about the next level of care? Memory care is sort of attached to assisted living, but it it's they a little tend, different. They tend to go hand in hand. Um, if you need that supportive services, it's a different program. Mm-hmm. So your assisted living um, program is going to be directed to those who are um, mind-abled. For those who uh, might have be faced with dementia, memory care programs are created specifically f- um, sensory, touch, smell, baking, that type of thing, for that type of And person. more staffing. And absolutely, the staffing ratio is higher. And if you don't look at um, an assisted living and a memory care type building, there are standalone care homes, um, which typically are are very dementia friendly. It's a care home in a home. It is uh, licensed by, um, it's regulated by the state. So that does also have star ratings. And briefly, let's just touch on that skilled nursing facility level. Okay, and then if you do need to get to your skilled nursing um, level, your Medicare will kick in at that point. For a certain amount of time. It will kick in 100% <laughs> for the first 20 days. And then at day 21, um, your copay goes to $162.50. Um, so whatever your room rate difference is, you might have to pay that out of pocket. 
Okay, great. I like how you knew that down to the she sentence. Does. She does. She's never quoted that one before. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Ahana Muth with the Oaks at Whitaker Glen. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Really enjoyed having you on the program. Thank you for receiving me. Absolutely. The Oaks at Whitaker Glen, located at 501 East Whitaker Mill Road, and you can find more information at PruittHealth.com. That's Pruitt with two T's. A quick break and back. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Claggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. News Radio 680 WPTF, you're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care, and you can find more about them at transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, we uh, just wrapped up a conversation on uh, living arrangements and levels of care and continuing care retirement communities. And we're, we're not quite going to leave the home just yet. <laughs> We're going to dive into the world of in-home safety right now. Yeah, definitely in-home safety. And, you know, we did, we've touched on this in the past, but I, I really think it's a super important topic because the reality of it is the single biggest reason why people have to leave their home when they're an adult, older adult is because typically of a safety hazard slash fall in the home, creating a hospitalization and then a rehab stay and then potentially that person never recovering enough to be able to go back home. And with the huge number of baby boomers aging out and um, just the onslaught of folks that are going to need care. The reality of it is, as wonderful it is to hear about these continuing care retirement communities and senior living options outside the home, there are not going to be enough places to put all these people. And so how do we make the home more safe and functional for those who want to age in place? So pleasure to have with me today, Ann Browning, who is the marketing coordinator for Home Watch Caregivers of the Triangle. And she's going to be touching on some real practical tips about falls in the home. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So let's talk about falls. I mean, how big of an issue is this really? Well, it's really a pretty big issue. Uh, According to the National Center for Injury Prevention and Control, falls are the leading cause of death and injuries among Americans over age 65. More than a third of all seniors, that's about 11 million people, fall each year, resulting in about 12,000 deaths a year. Mm. Um, Of people who survive falls, 50% lose their mobility and about 40% lose their independence forever. So it's a pretty big problem. So what can we do to really keep that home more safe? Well, there are a lot of things that, that we can do. Um, there, can I talk for a moment about things that affect the safety of seniors? Sure. sure. Yeah. So uh, some of the things that, that happen as we age is we continue to lose some of our senses over time, our mm-hmm. hearing, our sight. Uh, sensitivity to heat and cold. God knows the sight's going down for me. I had a thread of needle the other day and that was not pretty. I actually had to put, I was thinking about OT and, uh, and occupational therapy and I actually put the thread in the needle over a white plate so I could see the hole and I was backed up about 75 feet, I swear. It happens to the best of us. Um, but yeah, and, and uh, declining in mobility in general uh-huh. and clutter around the house can definitely cause falls and also uh, health-related uh, situations sometimes there are unknown health related situations going on that that can definitely uh, increase your chance of falls so um, 
some of the things that we can do around the home is to really just be cognizant of what is in the home and, mm-hmm. and how does our loved one really navigate around the home. If you're seeing that your loved one is walking around the house kind of furniture walking mm-hmm. when they're they're walking slowly, and it's it's good to be careful, but if someone is furniture walking and uh, and using props around the home, uh, they're probably not all that steady in their home and they might need some help. And then on top of that, what props are they using? Are they using all the materials they have piled up next to the chair that they sit in all day to hold on steady and then something falls from underneath and down they go? I mean, that is such a typical uh, situation and we all do it I mean we all have our places that we sit after work and you know I know I have everything I need to sign for my kids school there and then I've got stuff for my computer and my wire for my computer and my phone and my wire for my phone and then you know it's just it's, it is really a hazard now my five-year-old falls all the time on all that stuff but she's not really made a bone yet she bounces <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately as we age we're not, we don't bounce as well for sure so what are some of the other things that are real hazards in the home Besides that clutter, slip. Yeah, Sorry, that's fine. okay. So yeah, um, other things that are hazards that um, typically. Gosh, um, I should. You've got throw rugs. Yeah. What's that? Oh, we're talking about oh, hazards. hazards. Yeah. The throw rugs, um, the animals, the furniture, too much furniture and clutter and that kind mm-hmm, of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry about that. That's okay. That's okay. You ready? Yeah, we'll just pick right back up. So what are some things that are typically some of the bigger hazards in the home? So things you want to look for are uh, any kind of clutter, mm-hmm. any kind of throw rugs. Rugs in general are, are, are tough. And those places in the home where there's a change of surface. The so threshold. The threshold when you go from carpeting to tile or linoleum or anything like that. Anything that changes a level of, of the floor uh, can definitely be a hazard. Um, Furniture, anything that's too cluttered, mm-hmm. uh, when you have wires across the floor, obviously that's a big no-no, but mm-hmm. people do it all the time because they don't think they have enough outlets. And so they, uh, they, they're just not safe around the home. I know one of the uh, hazards that is not really a seen hazard in the home, but it's often a huge problem uh, are medications. And one of the biggest things with medications is maybe not even necessarily, we all start to think about those prescription meds. And gosh, we all know opioids are all over the news these days. But I like to think about some of those over-the-counter medications. And, you know, I've had the privilege of working with several um, pharmacists that specialize working with older adults and one of the things that they say is you know we continue on with the same habits just like we do when we're young with mobility type situations and clutter with medications so if you're the type of person that has seasonal allergies or has trouble sleeping and you just figure I'm going to take a little Benadryl at night some of those things our bodies don't metabolize the same way as we get older and really increase our risk for falls which is a huge problem so it's definitely something not to be underestimated. So I encourage anybody listening today, if you have a loved one that you're providing care for, uh, really think about what are they taking on from the over-counter perspective and make sure that the primary care physician knows that as well. Yeah, that's a great point, as well as uh, medication mismanagement is one of the biggest reasons that people end up uh, in a healthcare system. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really important, as you said, to keep that primary care physician in the loop with all the specialists because very often you have different doctors prescribing different medications and they're not not communicating with each other. And a really good way to keep all that uh, together is have all your prescriptions 
filled at one pharmacy Mm -hmm. because that pharmacist, that is their role to really be looking at what you're taking and knowing what the interactions are and what could what could cause falls and the pharmacists they want to be spoken to i mean i've heard a pharmacist tell me before that they didn't go to school for all those years to learn how to count pills so yes they look quite busy back there behind the counter but they live for the moment where they can actually quote counsel a patient and talk to them about the medications and the side effects because that's really what they went to school for was to discuss all that and you know unfortunately sort of the way the system is built is they're they're stuck behind the behind the um, window there and they are counting away all day long but we learned how to count in kindergarten so th- I always remember that and say you know I'm really not bothering the pharmacist if I have this small little question so it's okay to ask and I think a lot of times people p- feel intimidated by asking questions to those in the white coats exactly and so communicating with your pharmacist asking those questions knowing why you're taking a medication a lot mm-hmm. of people they just the doctor says take this and they say okay and they just keep taking it keep taking it and you're not really sure why sometimes you're taking multiple medications that that are really uh, for the same thing for the same same ailment and uh, and not really understanding that gosh this could be over medication what else about falls um, one of the things that's really really good for people as they get older is to stay active mm-hmm. I mean exercise is one of the best things you can do just going for a walk getting a little more exercise today than you did yesterday staying strong uh, physical therapy can definitely definitely help if you're uh, if you're not as strong as you once were, they can teach you exercises. Mm-hmm. But uh, staying physically active and um, keeping your muscles strong is is really good as you age. Definitely. So, is is there anything else you wanted to share with us about you know how to handle this? If you're if you're a child of a parent and you are noticing that perhaps your your loved one is definitely starting to decline, what can we do to really help support them in that journey and, and try to make it so they don't have that fall? Right. So when when you have a loved one who's aging and you're concerned about it, your 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 concerns are valid for sure. But also understand that your loved one does have the right to make their decisions, and they're going to see it as an attack when you start talking about, um, gosh, I think this isn't safe for you anymore. So maybe bring up ideas like, you know, a friend of mine, their parent fell and ended up in the hospital, and gosh, what what would we do with something like that Mm -hmm. happening with you? What kind of plans can we put in place so that if anything happens that we're prepared? We've got Ann Browning here in the studio. She is the Community Outreach Coordinator for Home Watch Caregivers, and we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. With your co-host, Nicole Claykitt, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett, and we've got Ann Browning here in the studio. She is a community outreach coordinator with Home Watch Caregivers. And Nicole, I know it's it just turned September. It's Labor Day weekend, but it's never too early to start prepping for some holiday things, right? You know what? I know. I'm getting all kinds of emails from my father talking about Thanksgiving, and I'm thinking, my gosh, I haven't even taken out the pumpkin yet for Halloween. (laughs) And now we have Ann Browning here (laughs) talking about a really awesome program, actually. But boy, it's making me nervous because I have not started my shopping yet at all. Stockings of Joy. Talk to us a little bit about that program. Well, thank you for asking. 
Uh, it is a little early to be thinking about that. I mean, it's 90-something <laughs> degrees outside. 95 um, today, I think. <laughs> I was in one of the home stores the other day, and they had full aisles of Christmas trees and decorations. And no. Kind of wow. They did. Stop. They did. It seemed like a little bit of a rush. But <laughs> Stockings of Joy is really, um, it's a program that we started four years ago, and it comes from the heart. It's a way for Home Watch and uh, the community to give back to seniors who are less fortunate. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we work in conjunction with senior communities, senior businesses, really anybody who wants to help to collect comfort items to go into stockings, uh, who go, the stockings go to, like I said, less fortunate seniors. Or maybe even shut-in. Or shut-ins, shut-ins. Primarily the people we work with are Wake County Adult Protective Services, Meals on Wheels, the Center for Volunteer Caregiving, Transitions Life Care, Heartland Hospice, UNC Hospice, Duke Hospice, and we do Baskets of Joy for Jewish Family Services. Very nice. So it's uh, it's truly a community event. Uh, this year we are partnering with Heartland Hospice and Transitions Life Care to help us in this project. And uh, we will be putting out collection boxes, uh, like I said, in, in many senior communities, senior-related community, communities, pharmacies, that kind of thing. People can also just make donations of comfort items, things like soaps, lotions, shampoos, toothpaste, toothbrush, games, game books, pens, colored pencils, nail files, manicure sets, lip balms, those kind of the things. The fun stuff. The fun <laughs> stuff that's, that, that can fit in a stocking. We ask that anything that's a soap or lotion is less than six ounces. So it's a great time if you're wrapping up those uh, summer vacation plans mm. to think about taking those soaps and lotions <laughs> from the hotels. Um, and uh, we're happy to make sure that we can get those and get them to the seniors. So about how many seniors benefit from this each year? Uh, each year it has been between 400 and 600 seniors. This year we're hoping it to be maybe double that. Wow. Uh, we've got uh, full cooperation and buy-in from the Cary Senior Center this year. So um, they've got a really, really active group of folks, the seniors who volunteer over there and get involved over there. Um, so a couple of dates I wanted to mention is that we are actually having – a Stockings of Joy kickoff party at our office uh, on October 18th from 3.30 to 5.30. That Wear your Halloween costume and, <laughs> and kick off right. the Stockings for Joy. <laughs> you can dress like Santa Claus. Um, and our office is at 1210 Southeast Manor Road, Suite 202 in Cary. And so that's really just a great way to tell people more about it, to celebrate the program. The people who have been involved in the past are probably going to be there. People who might want to be involved in the future, you can certainly bring donations then. Uh, we will be distributing the collection boxes uh, that last week of October into the first week of November. So by November 2nd, we should have collection boxes. They're festively wrapped. They look like Christmas presents, and they have on the outside information about the program and the types of things we're looking to collect. And then we will have a big stocking stuffing party at the Cary Senior Center on December 5th from 11 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. And that's uh, where we really need a lot of volunteers to bring all this stuff together and Mm -hmm. put them in the stockings. And I know we have a pretty active listenership of folks that are involved in lots of different community-based organizations that are sometimes looking for projects to get involved with in the holidays. So if you've been doing sort of the same project every year and are looking to do something that's a little different and maybe serve a different group of people, I know we always think about the children and children who don't have toys, but we also have another group of people out there, which are the older 
adults who are often forgotten in this time. So, and I can personally say, you know, I live in a very small community in Johnston County, and they had a Christmas parade that I went to a couple years ago, and I met a lady there who was just dying to get out of, to see the Christmas parade, but she was stuck behind her door. She couldn't get out because she had mobility issues, and I went up to her and opened her door and stood with her so she could hear the music and heard about this program and you know home watch was nice enough to provide me with a stocking that i actually hand delivered to her on christmas day so that was definitely a very heartwarming moment and she just was so grateful that someone thought of her that day so i know that this really makes a huge difference in the lives of older adults who are very very lonely at that time of year and just kind of remembering the things that they've lost um, especially when spouses have gone and sometimes children are not near and it can be a very difficult time for older adults so i really appreciate the fact that you're trying to shine some light on this part of the community for sure. So thank you so much for that. Absolutely. And something that we we tend to forget is that, you know, giving back to the community is really important. And especially as seniors get older, they seem to have fewer opportunities to do that. Mm -hmm. And so this is a great way that we can get other seniors involved in giving back to other seniors. Mm -hmm. We also, every single one of our stockings is hand decorated by another senior in the community. So we put on stocking decorating events at Mm -hmm. all sorts of senior communities in the area. Mm -hmm. If you have a group of seniors who would be interested in decorating some stockings, uh, please contact me and and we'll be happy to to arrange something uh, like that. Well, I think this is absolutely wonderful and I congratulate you on this effort. Absolutely. Ann Browning, Community Outreach Coordinator for Home Watch Caregivers. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. We appreciated having you on the program. It was a pleasure, pleasure being here. Maybe we can get a box of PTF. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that would be pretty neat. That would be awesome. We'd love to do that. Well, Nicole, we're, uh, we've got a few minutes here before we head out, and we need to talk a bit more about the Caregiver Summits because they'll be here before we know it. You know, they never go away. No, they don't. <laughs> the listeners are thinking, does this girl run one every month? <laughs> pretty much. No, no, not true. But we do have two uh, Caregiver Summits coming up this fall. So this is before Christmas. Um, we have, The first one is on October se- uh, 2nd, and that is at Campbell University in Harnett County. Uh, And again, these summits are a full day of respite, resolution, and resources for family caregivers who really want to receive some education, who want to connect with the various different types of resources that are in the community. And just like our previous guest, Ahana, spoke about, you know, it's better instead of being in that crisis mode to think about things in advance. So even if you're actually not a caregiver today, but you definitely see that this is going to be heading your way in the future, attending something like this will really arm you with the knowledge that you need to be prepared. It is so much better when you're facing a crisis to really just have your head at least somewhat around the the subject of caregiving because the reality of it is we are all going to be faced with it. So we'd love for you to come on out to the one in Harnett County on October 2nd. Again, a full day of educational uh, sessions. There are resources. You get a lunch. You get the true fellowship of being with other people who are going through the same journey that you're going through and really these events while there are a lot of work to put on truly fill me up uh, because it really reminds me of why I do what I do every day and just the important work that family caregivers do uh, to support their loved ones. Um, The second one is on October 30th at the McKimmon Conference Center in Raleigh and that is our largest of all four and our final of all four caregiver summits. This is our 10th anniversary year. We are doing some pretty neat fun things that day that are a bit of a surprise to celebrate our 10th anniversary of that summit. Uh, But it is, again, at the McKimmon Conference Center in 
Raleigh. There are four consecutive sessions going on, or concurrent sessions, I have to say, going on at the same time. Again, a lunch, uh, resources, and entertainment, and just a true, um, just a wonderful day. And I know you've been there in the past, Jason, talking to caregivers. It's it's quite the experience, isn't it? It really is. And when you brought up the uh, uh, the aspect of preparation and getting ahead of this stuff, there's really no other event that you can go to like this mm-hmm. where everyone's all in one place everyone's in a, a great mood everyone mm-hmm. wants to engage wants to talk you can talk and see other caregivers mm-hmm. in one area you can see the the sort of weight coming off their shoulders a little mm-hmm. bit because they realize that they're not alone and there's other people to yep. talk to and uh I, again i just can't stress how important it would be if if you think you need some of this information just go just go <laughs> uh you're gonna find something of value there it, it's impossible not to definitely and you know we try to make it as affordable as possible. Uh, it costs $15 to attend either one of these summits, uh, which, you know, that does include the lunch and the full day. And, um, you know, really, these these summits are quite expensive to put on, and we could not do that without the support of all of our sponsors. We have uh, AARP this year, that who is our underwriting sponsor. We also have uh, Clarity Legal Group. We have LifeLinks. Uh, and we actually have um, Carolina Complete Health, who are our um, presenting sponsors this year. So, again, without the support of all of our sponsors, sponsors and our exhibitors, we wouldn't be able to put this on. And we are just so thrilled that we are celebrating our 10th year this year. Yeah, it's a big achievement to you. Congratulations. And we'll, we'll celebrate more when it's over. <laughs> but uh, again, want to encourage everyone to go to caregiversummit.org, caregiversummit.org. And there you can find all the information there about the uh, the Harnett County one and the, uh, the Raleigh one. Again, Raleigh, October 30th, and the Campbell University in Harnett County on October 2nd. Plenty of information there. Caregivers summit.org. You can also go to WPTF.com. Head over to the Aging Matters section. We've got a link there, and we've also got all of our past episodes. If you want to catch up on any of the topics that we've discussed, you can even catch this episode that we're doing here tonight. We'll have that up online momentarily at WPTF.com. We are out of time. Thank you so much for listening. We'll hope you'll do it again next week. This is Aging Matters. Care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680, WPTF. Have a great night. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. For more information, log on transitionslifecare.org.